closing. I can record it. It's not okay. a big deal. So it would take a couple of uh Meh. couple of minutes to get everything uh set back up. Meh. I'm voting for meh as well. And pretty Rabble, rabble, rabble. Rabble, 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 rabble. Um, I've got a couple of things to for us to talk about, but um, was there anything that you guys wanted to talk about offhand? Mm. Uh, mm. Nope. Not, no. not really. Okay. Well, Dylan, I know you, you said you didn't have much, but I'm going to have you talk about Dragon Con to start out with, just because. Um, okay, Oak. And, um, hey, yeah. Dylan. We'll talk about... Um, might be number nine that Kickstarter. Um, and we'll talk about Bioshock Infinite a little bit, just because. And maybe, maybe some there will be blood. Um, yes. Um, I could actually. I don't know if I told you this, Charlie. I actually finished Dishonored. That will probably. I don't know. It was it was neat. I didn't know. I don't know that I have anything to say about it, but it. Considering I immediately started playing Bioshock Infinite afterwards, like, mm-hmm. feel like it will keep coming up because I took the uh, don't kill people path. So, how'd that turn out? Um, I assume harder than the kill people path. It's not always actually in that game. I, I have found that in a number of levels, the kill people path is far harder. I, I actually really love that as a mor- the the way they did a morality system in that game compared to like um, I'm blanking, but like Mass Effect or there's another game I played recently that had had a morality system. But I really like it because it it forces you basically. If you 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 could not care about alerting guards and just fight your way through, but if you do that, you're making it harder on yourself later on. And also, if you're putting your mindset in, you know, like you are this character who is, um, you're basically like the loyal, you know, you know, bodyguard of the imp. Like this, yeah. the loyal citizen who doesn't really want to go around killing people in your country, but is kind of forced into it. So it, it actually works. Like it's it's overly simplistic, like every other morality system is. Oh, The Walking Dead was kind of the the um other because like there is a system of morality. Like you you can open and close certain paths to yourself, but yeah. It's more based on what you can do as opposed to how how was how was your ending on that on that game? Was it um, a happy ending? It was a happy ending. Uh, how, um, how, in what way? Um, <clears throat> do you guys care about spoilers at this point? I don't care. Um, the uh, Empress ascends the throne, and like you kind of take her, you take your place as her bodyguard. Um, I did not kill in, in every mission I chose the option to, um, take the target out of commission rather than killing them. Like, yeah, like the, the nonviolent way. 
And even at the end, uh, the the last guy you're supposed to take down, I just incapacitated him, incapacitated him, and rescued Emily. And, cool. You know. See, I didn't have that option. Really? I, I I went through a two stage. Like sometimes, like usually the hard t- the the main bosses I would incapacitate. Yeah. But a lot of the lackeys I would kill, and. My end result was that you were put in a situation where, and I tried it several times, you were put in a situation where you couldn't incapacitate the very last person. Like, if you did, they fell to their death. Like Interesting. Anything, anything, and maybe there's a way I just didn't, that I didn't think about it, or, but, but, the, but the way the situation is set up, it seems like no matter what you do, this guy is going to die. And you're talking about are you talking about the very last person yes. or the last person you're okay. Now the last person that you're the, contracted? The, yeah, the last person you're contracted to go after. That was a fun one because I didn't use cuz you know you get those little kits and you can rewire security systems to take out bad guys. Yes. I really never used those except in that last stage. Well, cuz I think that counts as killing enemies. Like it makes it's so much simpler than disabling the the uh, machines yeah but I think it actually counts as killing so. well I just didn't do it because I kept thinking oh I may need these little kits later so I just never used them and finally I feel, felt I was getting toward the end and I was like you know what I'm just going to use one because there's this one guy I'm not so sure about so I rewired one of those electric gates I love and, those by the way and then I forgot about it because I couldn't get the guy to walk through it so I forgot about it. Went on through the rest of that level, quite you know, quite a ways. Take down the dude, and then you know they lead him out. And I'm supposing if I had just stayed in that room, maybe the level would have been over. But I didn't know, so I just followed them where they wouldn't see me. Yeah. And they march him right through the gate, and kills him. Wow. And at that point, it had been so far into the level, I had forgotten it had done that. <laughs> I honestly didn't think the game would remember that I had done it at that point, because I was so far removed from it. So it ended up evaporating him. Like, well, shit. Oops. But, exactly. And then, but I, but even playing sort of a middle ground between killing and incapacitating. Yeah. Um, like I was going it, I was going over it with a. With my friend Charles, and I can't remember exactly which way he played, but while the ending was roughly the same, like, the location was different. Like, different rooms had different people in them. Uh, as far as, like, the last few, you know, individuals you're going after. it was, I mean, it wasn't like huge differences, but it was little stuff that was kind of odd. It might also be timing, because I think they each have their own cycles of what they do. Oh, that may be it. That may part. Well, that may be part of it. Although, like the, I can't remember their names now. The two guys that that are with the admiral, um, overseer Martin and other dude. Can't remember the the other or, guy's name. Uh, Pendleton. Yes. Um, <clears throat> like where I found them was they were in completely different places. And and Pendleton had been shot by the overseer, so he was actually already dying when you find him. And they're in very different parts of the last of uh, the last fort thing, 
But Actually, yeah, they were at, at the at the very end. They were all in the the lighthouse. Yep, that's where Charles but, found. And they were now. When you found them, were they both dead already? Yes, both of them. And the admiral was alive. Yep, that looked that's, like maybe they had killed themselves. Like they realized they'd just you know done something horrible and they killed themselves. Actually, I don't think that's it, because in my version, where you actually do see sort of it play out where Martin shoots uh, Pendleton, yeah, is um, they're having an argument over something, okay, and they're just shooting at each other. So it may be, I, I, I very much doubt that it's where they realized what they did. I, I really think it's they got into an argument about something and shot each other. Okay. The uh, only reason I say that is because one of the... Um... I want to say one of the, the, the vocal messages you pick up or something or is, says something to that along that oh, lines. Really? Or maybe the, maybe the Admiral that like... Well, and you may have gotten okay. a very different ending. I don't know. I, I It's hard but, to tell. It's not one I really want to go back and replay just because yeah. well, stealth is I, so complicated. I sometimes... I did go back and just restart it briefly... And I may go back to it at some point just to play the kill them all and let God sort them out version. Yes. But um, but when I found the Empress at the end, like they were on this, they were at the very top of the lighthouse on this sort of gangplank thing where he I was threatening I, to throw her off the edge or something I like that. I think I know what you're talking about because I got to that point and I'm like, what am I supposed to do here? Oh, I have to go back downstairs and get the key. Yeah, where I found them, that's that's where it actually ends. Although, oddly, and I don't know if you got this, the version I got, it's nothing that's in the ending, I don't think, specifically, but there is a line that the Empress says that makes you think you could have a sequel where she's the bad guy. Huh, what does she say? And I wish I remember, it's been a while since I played it, but there was this comment of, like... Like she, I wish I could remember something about, you know, that you get the impression that this whole debacle has left her kind of hardened, and yes. and she just is not going to be a very necessarily a very kind person. Yeah, and I I kind of like that, but I but I like this better than there actually being a clear um, morality meter that you can see, or even that you know like. Because you took these particular um, yeah. conversation paths, like in Walking Dead, you took these particular conversation paths, so you don't have options A and B available to you. Gotcha. Yeah, the only the only clear indication that anything is going on is, from what I understand of the gameplay, is just like it, if you do more of the killing people, there'll be more rat swarms and more of those zombie yeah. critter guys. Which I kind of hate that they do zombies in there. Like, guys, just because there's a plague doesn't mean there have to be zombies. Eh. Zombies have kind of been done to death. Exactly. Ah, I see what you And mean. exactly. Anyway, the only reason I say that is because coming off of that, where I'm, like, saving every few steps to make sure I don't have to, you know, kill a bunch of people, to Bioshock Infinite, where you kill lots of people in grisly ways... I, pe- I keep expecting there to be a Dishonored or Spec Ops the Line moment where it's like, no, really, you're the bad guy. <laughs> you know, 
but there's not. Like, it's just going to be, like, it's going to be straightforward, which is cool. I, I, I like what it's doing. I, but you, you, you haven't finished it yet, have you? Because otherwise you wouldn't be using the word straightforward. Well, okay, it's not straightforward, but in the sense that, like, that is the part that you're not asked to go back and question so much. Well. Or at least it doesn't appear so at this point. Like, it's more alternate timelines. Anyway, and, sorry, that, that went longer than I uh, well, well, gentlemen, guess what? You've been welcome recording? to the yeah, welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet podcast, awesome. the podcast that took fifteen damn minutes to get to the intro. I am so glad you did that. <laughs> we're we're running. I already you know I was recording the part where I said what we were going to talk about. We're here. We're queer. Get used to it. We're we're actually actually. No no, I mean sorry. that in the not homophobic way. I mean okay. that in the we are weird. Okay. Yeah. We are a queer group of folk. That's true. Oh, Jesus Christ. You, you two could not <laughs> fucking hold it in until I just said, hello and welcome to... Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you deserve I, I what know, you get. I didn't know that we needed to go over and over a uh, a 10-year-old game. Or not 10-year-old, a 2-year-old game. It was, wasn't that like 2010? 2012, That's, I think. Really? Yeah, it just <laughs> it came out last year. Yeah. I just assumed that I was like way, way out of the No, it didn't part, sell so. especially well, but I bought it for Charlie for Christmas last year and he played through yep. it and seemed to enjoy that, it. So. That's an unfortunate thing. It was a fun game. Well. Yeah, cuz it was it was it was a it was a really nice game. Well, the, I I don't know the actual numbers, but I'm assuming because like it dropped in price really fast. So. Ah. What's well, a new IP? That's too. usually a good indicator. Right. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, we've we've said this before, but we don't all, you know, we're not, uh, we don't get like review copies of games, so we buy it whenever we can fucking afford it, which is usually when it's fucking cheap. So that well, means uh, you're getting your Dishonored uh, and <laughs> Bioshock Infinite discussions in September of fucking 2013 because what? you know. First-person shooters are not at the top of my to-buy list, so... Can we it's just call our... more of a stealth game. Can we just call our video game reviews Platinum Editions? It may as well. May That's, as well. I, but here's here's the flip yeah, side you of... Get added added con, you get added value when you listen to our game reviews. Here's also, flip, that's when we're buying them. Here's the flip side of not playing... Like, not getting review copies. We can review whatever the hell we want. Whenever the hell we feel like playing it. So, you know, you're getting a more honest... Yeah, it, um, and it's removed from all the hype of the release. Yes. Like, you know, we're, we're not in this sort of um, vacuum of uh, Bioshock Infinite, you know, echo chamber awesomeness. Like, we can, we can talk about it as its own. Um... Uh, I'm, since we're already talking about this, Aaron, let's just go ahead and jump on to Bioshock Infinite. Finished it. Terrific story. Um, you know, I, I don't know as far as gameplay that it sets the world on fire, but just nah. such an interesting damn story. And Dylan, I wish you had kind of finished it so that we could talk a little bit about I, all the I weird know ass stuff that happens at the end. 
and it's it's just a hell of a thing. Like the la- <laughs> it, it's one of those things where you know the last fifteen minutes of that game were just it's like wow, that's that's a thing. Yes. I, I can I can see from what I've heard that, that like going in I know kind of what happens. Um I I know kind of like the secret thing that is supposed to shock you. What's interesting is you know that, that Finkel is Einhorn and Einhorn is Finkel. Yes, but there's so much more and, and 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 the same from what little I remember the original BioShock is true there. There's so much more than like who Comstock is and why he's doing what he's doing. There's so much more to... Because you're looking at a city that has all these different people in it and, you know, all these different schemes going on. Um, So, like, even knowing what happens, it's interesting to see that it doesn't matter as much to the overall story as you would think. Hmm. It it was very interesting because I generally ignored um, the Bioshock Infinite hype and everything that came after it, even though I was somewhat interested in the game because of um, I I think Elizabeth was what drew me in because so much of what first person shooters are lacking for me is characterization and yes um, interesting storyline developments and the Bioshock games tend to have those but the first one having gone back and played. Uh, trying to to go back and play it, it's a little bit more difficult because you don't have that person there with you, um, sort of driving the story and and talking to you yes. through things. Um, so I think that adds a lot. Um, uh, it helps that Elizabeth is a very likable character and a very interesting character, and that they throw enough um, at you in in like the first few moments of that encounter to really start making you think and really just kind of draw you into to wanting to see the rest of that story. Um, like I said, I don't even like first-person games by and large, um, just for for those kind of reasons. Um, but they actually did a very good job of utilizing the first-person perspective uh, and bringing you into that story and really making you think about everything that was happening and and going back and and thinking about the ending and you know, w- without trying to go too much into it, whatever you think about the ending, uh, you're probably both right and wrong if you try and narrow it down to any sort of finite conclusion. Just because of the way that the story is set up and and certain mechanics that are prevalent in the in the plot work. You know, it's it's sort of a and any any good or bad that you can you can sort of glean from the ending is is true and also false. Yeah. I could see that. It it's definitely like it's definitely a little more difficult to deal with than the original Bioshock. Cause the the original Bioshock like had its twists, but it was pretty much straightforward. And it really wasn't it really wasn't about you, the player. And, and the same is true if you go back to System Shock, because it it kind of has that same um, same kind of feel where you're you're kind of being brought into this world with audio logs and stuff like that. And there's more going on than just, like, you versus, you know, whatever threat you're trying to stop. But this kind of... You play a bigger role, and and Elizabeth, too, plays a bigger role than in those games. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's it's a great game I recommend if you're a fan of, of story and, you know... 
that one episode of Community where they have the darkest timeline. Yes. Um, so if you're if you're a fan of any of that stuff, <laughs> you should totally get in on this game. And I, I'm I'm cutting Dylan off from his Community references. I'm jumping in front of him. You know, okay, multiple timelines existed before Community. It it did. But you and, just you know court, sort of kept bringing it up. So. Well, no, in this case, I wouldn't have. Now, you know, when you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, Batfleck, I think it, it it's important Batfleck. to mention that, you know, uh, Abed is Batman. Abed is a better bat- Batman than people think um, Ben Affleck will be. I don't really care, but, uh, you know, if I could see Abed as Batman in a Batman movie, I That'd would. That'd be great. Um, okay. There's an episode about this. Bat- Batman's a rich white guy. He has he has to be a rich white guy. It's part of his story. No, you you haven't seen the episode. You see the episode, and and you will understand, and you will love this concept as much as I love it. I well, I I like it better than Batfleck. You know, I, I just don't he, really care about Batfleck and the Fleck tones. <laughs> Wait, that's the same guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, when Bella is. when when Bella Fleck dons the cape and cowl, he becomes Bat Fleck. My only Fleck hope is that it won't be as boring as Batman Begins. Uh, you know, now since we're, since we're talking about it, I, I I meant this to be like a speed bump on the way to some other topic. I did not mean since, to. Since we're talking about it, I'm I figured none of us care. I'm going to go ahead and deliver some truth to the people in the uh. audience. Okay. Um. Bad, uh, the Dark Knight, a terrific film. I am not going to try and disparage it in any way, but it is it was mildly overrated, uh, thanks to Heath Ledger's death. Uh, I feel I, I feel like if he were still with us, it would still have been widely celebrated. But I don't think there would have been quite the push from the Academy because it's like. Oh, he gave this awesome performance, and then he died. And it's so tragic, we should give him an Oscar for it. Um, well, they didn't pull that shit for Brandon for Brandon Lee. Well, listen, the crow sucks. But anyway... Um, Don't say things like that. It's, it's true. It's fighting words. Listen, you can put on your emo makeup and come fight me later. But for right now, we're talking about the fact that, you know, as good as The Dark Knight is, the Christopher Nolan trilogy, I'm not going to buy it... Unless it's by default, unless like the competition is Spider-Man and X-Men, which it might be. I'm not going to to buy it as the greatest superhero trilogy of all time, because frankly, those other two movies, okay, not terrific. You know, but otherwise, a little overrated. I don't even know what you just said. Exactly. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's speed bump being done with. Yeah, we have disposed of that. Dylan, you went to Dragon Con. Tell us about Dragon Con. Was it as crowded as fuck? Yes. <laughs> um, it, it was. It was really interesting because I I went like in in recovery from a cold earlier that week, so I was you, not you all. Were, like, you were patient zero. I I don't think I was. I think I was I was I was definitely getting better. It was not like it, it, it happened in the middle of it, but um but so you were kind of, a carrier of the con crud. Yes. He, he instead instead of 
he he was taking it to them. He was paying he was paying it forward. <laughs> he was tired of being the victim, so he decided to take the law into his own hands. I've never really gotten sick from a con, but I but anyway, my my point is, um I was already it's like you're a Cylon. If it's not a disease found on an abandoned satellite, you're immune to it. Um, so I, I mean, I, I can't, I was already like reducing, you know, my activity so as not to, to, uh, you know, like overdo it. Um, it was huge. They, they moved the dealers across the street from the Hyatt into America's Mart, which was a good idea because it freed up a lot of space. However, it was, um, kind of inconvenient to get to and just, like, but it's it's all the room they really had left to expand. It seems like um, I don't know. Uh, Soon it will take over all of Atlanta. Yeah, that like Kudzu. I, I think it's interesting because like the group of people I went with was like, yeah, we we don't know that we want to do this next year just because. Like, we didn't go to the parade, we... Uh, my sister almost freaked out when uh, it started raining and everyone decided, hey, let's go inside the Hyatt, there's room there. Uh, yeah. Whenever someone says, there's room, there's not. Well, there's room until, like, everyone decides to go into the same hotel and then they start blocking off stairs and and sky bridges and it it the best thing you can do is just let Devin kill a few people and get it out of her system. Yep. No, no, no. You 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 go deep underground and, and then let Devin kill you, a bunch of people and get it out of her system. We got And it. you wait it out. <laughs> no, that was, I don't know how you guys deal with panic attacks, but uh, murder, murder, bloodlust, mm-hmm. raging demon. Same yeah. as Devin. Yeah, I think Devin. with Devin it pretty much is a Killing spree in a bar somewhere. Yeah, it's it's a barroom blitz. Uh, the, two, <laughs> the two big panels I did go to were uh, they had a uh, they had a Kings of Cosplay comedy with Chris Gore, which was literally like um two two different comedians. I don't remember their names. Maybe the app has them, uh, so I don't look. Like, I have no idea what I'm talking about and was was not prepared to talk about this. Um, well, well, maybe it's just the fact that maybe they're maybe they're nobodies. Maybe they're like us. Maybe they're just not that memorable. No. But uh, basically, they, they dressed up and did some uh, in-character stand-up, um, wow. which is kind of cool. The big... The, the, the highlight was between these, these uh, stand-up routines, uh, they did horrible fan fiction theater. And this is not this is not disaster piece theater as we experienced it at uh, Station Con a couple of years ago with which was legit- awesome which was with legitimately bad uh, scripts or, or fanfic stories. This was um, people writing like they clearly knew they were bad, but they were either uh, for comic effect or for. Um, well, let's just say there was a Star Trek The Next Generation uh, story that they had found where Q puts Troy, Dr. Crusher, 
Janeway and Seven, Seven of Nine in the holodeck and in, encourages them to... Well, I think you can kind of fill in the, fill in the blanks there. I think that one was probably meant seriously. I don't know, but... Um, Obviously, you you do know that Star Trek fanfic is where the term slash fic comes from. Oh. Like you but, want to slash the person that wrote it across the throat with a knife. Yes. Um. So that that was a thing. I kind of felt like having seen it at StationCon, it's like, I know where you... I'm sure, I'm sure Disaster Peace Theater wasn't the first place that this happened, but it's like... I know you got this from smaller cons. I've I've seen this trick before. I've seen this trick before, Chris Gore. Uh, Chris Gore. I I didn't need to see him half naked as well. That that also he he should stick to DVD's day. That that also happened. (laughs) Um, and then we also went to uh the Gonzo Quiz Show, which is I this is the thing that I, I would actually like to see more cons do um because it was it was it was not quite whose line is it anyway type skits although they did some of that at the end but it was more like cranium type games um Hmm. between let's see bill corbett james urbaniak and mike Furman. yes paul and storm and philomar on the other team yes yes why do you I, say? I love everything about this scenario. It it involved, uh, um, you know, like I can't remember which one of them sang "I I Feel Pretty," but that that was the thing that happened. Dylan, if you don't stop, Charlie's going to have to change his pants. Too late. Who says he's wearing pants? Who says he's wearing <laughs> clothes at all? This is the internet. On the internet, everyone is naked. And a guy. Even the girls. Especially the girls. Mostly for the, the kids, girls. The kids are FBI agents. There's that. But they're but also, they're also guys. naked guys. Yes. Chad, you sound a little you sound a little bitter about that. Like you've had a bad experience or something. With the FBI? <laughs> I I can't imagine it. No comment. Anyway. Why does Chris Hansen know where you live, Chad? Why does Chris Hansen know where you live? No comment. Anyway, I don't have much more to say about Dragon Con. That's all I got to say. Unless, about unless that. you guys have questions or something. No, I, I don't have any questions whatsoever about Dragon Con. And frankly, I don't want to spend any more time talking to him because you know we're not covering the event for him. So let's let's go. Um, <laughs> they don't need us to cover the event, and I don't need them. Um, <laughs> So remember a while back when we were talking about Kickstarter, and I said, "Yeah, it could be neat. It could be used neat uh, in neat ways by game developers to bring out games that people really wanted, like say a new Mega Man game." Remember that? I did that. Mm-hmm. That was a thing. Um, well, th- it kind of happened, sort of. Um, KG Inafune, who created Mega Man, is no longer with Capcom. Has uh, done a Kickstarter for a game called Mighty Number no. 9, which is basically, if you can imagine what it would be like if you tried to rip yourself off uh, just enough to avoid being sued by Capcom, that's what this game is. Um, John Fogarty. And it has uh, so far raised uh, almost $1.9 out of its $900,000 uh, total, so it's, it's 
over doubled it. It looks like it's still got about three weeks left uh, on the uh, Kickstarter. It looks like it's probably going to get uh, to the stretch of uh, putting on like PS3, 360, Wii U versions. Um, hmm. Kind of tempted to throw down 20 bucks to get a digital copy of it and uh, get my name in the credits. But the thing that I think is really interesting is you know there's this whole and I've, I've I've said it's just dumb there's this whole you know Capcom hates Mega Man Capcom hates making money jokes on the internet for years now um, but I think what it is is it's you know business people saying oh well that series stopped selling can we really make more money off of it when you know they kind of ran it in the ground by releasing you know a new Mega Man Star Force game every you know, nine months or some shit like that. Um, but I wonder if maybe this will get somebody at Capcom's attention and say, you know, there is some money to be made in this. People, you know, there is demand for this type of game. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that this game is doing well because fans of that will get something, but it, it'd still be interesting to, uh, to wonder if uh, that could lead to actual Mega Man games coming down the road. Hmm. I would... I would imagine so. I mean, I can't imagine Capcom looking at this and going, "Meh, meh." Although I, I don't think, I don't think it will happen when the Kickstarter is successful. I think it will happen like, give it a few months of sales and see what the sales after Kickstarter are. Because I think, obviously, well, they they're targeting this game for 2015, so it'll be a while. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. But I mean, like, you know, we're getting adventure game. Like, Double Fine Adventure doesn't mean suddenly adventure games are selling. You know, Shadow Run Returns doesn't mean that. You know, every um, every franchise from the '90s is going to sell. I, I think the the like, like this is just sort of the scenario I see in my mind, and whether or not it happens, who knows? But you know, even if when they created his own development team, so he can do whatever he wants to. Wouldn't be surprising to me if someday Capcom just says, "Hey, let's just bring over his development team to, you know, to make this game for us." Yeah. Just sort of contract them out. They can stay independent and do other projects as well. I, but I don't know what kind of terms they left on. I don't know. It, you know, there's all sorts of speculation about he was forced out or he voluntarily left this and that and the other. So I don't know. Well, if there's enough money involved, the circumstances really don't matter. That's true. Yeah, and my my point is, I think they're, you know, given the way they've treated Mega Man in the past, I imagine they won't just go like, oh, this is proof, um, we were wrong. It's it's going to be more like, well, is this a one-time thing or is this, you know, like. Let's wait and see if it is actually safe for us to start cranking these out again. <laughs> well, I don't think they should crank them out. I think they should, you know, make they they should actually put some development time into I agree. it and do it like you would, you know, sort of a smaller downloadable title. That's what I've said for years, you know. Make Mega Man X9 but make it on, you know, like PSN and and Xbox Live. You know, put, Dude has on those consoles. They've got three backers at the ten thousand dollars or yeah, more. Yeah, at level. the Meat KG uh, Inafune. If I had ten thousand dollars to throw around, I'd definitely put it down on that too, because you know why and, not? And here's the best part: travel and lodging not included. So your dinner with Mr. Inafune is going to cost you a little more than the the ten thousand. Yeah, it's, it's you're, well. If you've got ten thousand to throw at a Kickstarter. Yeah, what what's a couple more thousand for travel, right? A big deal. Yeah. I suppose. 
Yeah. Also, that's going to, you know, $10,000 for if they included travel in that, that's going to take a lot of money out of their Kickstarter. Um, yeah. They're they're going to break even. Like you're they're they're not getting 10,000 of your dollars. They're getting significantly less. Yeah, it's it's probably more like a $15,000 donation, but yeah. You know. Yeah. Um but that's fine. Like I said, if you've got that much money to throw around, you're probably not sweating the travel in the lodge. Probably not. You know, you're probably going to stay in a nice hotel in Japan somewhere. Home of the 2020 Olympics, by the way. Congratulations to them. Huh. Um, hopefully, you know, they don't have some of the god-awful problems that some other countries have had when they've, you know, been chosen to host the Olympics as far as, you know, well, traffic and development and so on and so forth. Um, that or this will be the first Olympics that has to deal with kaiju attacks. One can only hope. That uh, should be its own <laughs> Olympic sport. I, I think the kaiju, though, will be just be... Um, Godzilla's going to win the uh, building stomping event. The, the kaiju will be fighting, uh, you know... Uh, you know, HGH-enhanced uh, super soldiers, so yeah, it's fine. The, the, uh, the competitors from... From Monster Island, will uh, from Dinosaur Island, will uh, you know win everything? I actually love this idea. Wait, isn't this just Pacific Rim? Have we just explained that movie? Uh, I don't know. I, I still haven't seen that. I still uh, haven't seen it, but I think so. Like, you, know, you know how late I am on on getting to uh, to play certain video games. Well, I'm much later on films, and I like video games, so I, you know, I, I don't, you know, I can I can take or leave going to the theater a million I, times out of a million. I don't so much put it off as just don't do it at all. So I think you're ahead of me. Woohoo! Uh, anyway, um, yeah. So anyway, so mighty number nine. Um, I'll put the link to the Kickstarter uh, on the podcast. So if anybody who hasn't you know, check it out. Wants to donate? Uh, can. Um, so, did anyone else see uh, Eminem on uh, college football last night? Nope, because I try not to see Eminem at all. I try to avoid both Eminem and college, college football. football. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Well, I'm surprised you guys at least didn't see it on the internet. Um, they had him. Like, apparently he's doing, like, a theme song for Saturday Night Football for ABC. <laughs> Which, you know, it's going to be, like, four words, and the rest is going to be, you know, bleaked out silence. Um, oh, oh. Hey, are you ready for some effing football? <laughs> are you ready for but some fucking be... football? Yeah. Words in the song that aren't bleeped out. Hey, yeah, because that's what football needs. Oh. More white trash. Yeah, well, you know, they had to make up for something after they got rid of Hank Williams Jr. <laughs> anyway, um, exactly. Uh, he he was on the live broadcast, like they're interviewing him, and you can find, you know, there's gifs and Vine videos and everything, uh, YouTube of him at the start of this interview when Brent Musburger is um, Muspergering it. Up. Yeah, he's 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 introducing him. And Eminem has his mouth just wide open, bug-eyed, staring, looking back and forth. I shit you not. It, it was so bizarre. Like, every, you know, your first thought is, is he high? What's going on here? Is he fucking with us? Huh, um, it's the math. 
But, uh, you know, they, they, they talk to him, and Brent Musburger asks him a question and goes, I'm sorry, I'm a little uncomfortable doing live TV. What was the question? <laughs> and he asks him the question, and he kind of fumbles through the answer. And Brent goes, do you want to take a break? And then I was like, yeah, yeah. So they cut to commercial. And they come back, you know, a few minutes later. <laughs> and, you know, there's a part wow. where, you know, Eminem's talking about how much he loves Brent Musburger and how he's one of his favorite commentators, you know, him and John Madden and Al Michaels and the late Pat Summerall. And he says, man, if there's just some way for, for you four to get together and call a Detroit Lions game, that would be awesome. Of course, like I said, Pat Summerall's dead. Um, so there's that. Um, well, it's never stopped uh, Tupac from putting out new records. So, so true. They could have hologram Pat Summerall. <laughs> Calling the game. Wow, you may have actually just made—you may have just made football interesting to watch. Yes, I am. I am so good. So you have—you have it single-handedly made the one change to football that would make me tune in. Congratulations! Oh, holographic. Dead More. Dead. Yep. So there's there's that. Um, but oh my god, that was. See, there have been discussions about. Me and Jen were discussing earlier, um, you know, was it was it staged? Was it faked? Because, let's be honest, for a guy who is a, you know, international recording artist that sold, you know, millions of records and performed live on stage, you know, on TV ostensibly, you know, like the Grammys and things like that, you know, tons of times, it seems a little weird that he'd get freaked out by, you know, being on live TV. Lip syncing is different than having to actually talk. I I know. Yeah, I know. But uh, I'm not making any jokes that haven't been flowing around the internet for days now. So it, you know, it, it's sort of that. At best, you know, he gets tweeted around the internet. He creates some buzz for his new album and his new single, and people are like, "Ha ha, he's so high." Or, you know, the opposite of that is. Wow, I can't believe he gets stage fright. He really must be normal people. Yeah, yeah. So, there's so, nothing so normal about him. Let's just be honest. Yeah, he's not normal people. Yes, that's that's a factual statement. I'm just saying that you know that that hypothesis that maybe it was staged, not the worst thing in the world. Definitely no. not staged. Uh, Miley Cyrus being crazy as shit. No, that's confirmed. Wait, was she being interviewed Wait, at the same I think, time as him and him? I think it was. No, but staged. she did some in she did some in Beetlejuice. Wait, what? Have you not seen? Okay, now listen. I I kind of feel on like the we're... internet, but you know, I I I don't go out of my way to watch like the VMAs or shit. Oh like that. no 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 no! Can, can we maybe not talk about this on the podcast, considering no. everyone else has been talking about it? No, that, that, too fucking bad, okay? If you've gotten your Miley Cyrus fix already, you know what? You can bear through it for another 90 no, seconds. No, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking less discussion of this is probably a good thing, because they, they specifically, everyone I, involved specifically choreographed this okay. so people would discuss it. Here's you the, are doing exactly what they want here's you to do. Here's the thing. I'm not going to go out and buy their albums. I'm not going to go out and uh, watch her videos. And I'm sure as shit not going to, you know, support it through any official means. So what's the harm in actually discussing it? 
Hipster mm, Dylan still disapproves of your mentioning it. I understand that. And, Chad, you're one to talk about being a hipster. In any case, <laughs> um, it, the, Be- the Beetlejuice meme was really all I wanted to talk about here. Oh, okay, because, okay. Because right. Robin Thicke was dressed as fucking Beetlejuice, whether he realized it or not. And there's a video floating around, God bless Nathan, he showed this to us, of... You know, Beetlejuice's head photoshopped onto Robin Thicke's body, and they photoshopped Lydia in the crowd in the front row. It was the fucking best thing. As as Miley Cyrus is dancing up on Beetlejuice. Okay, that's, that's all I wanted to talk about was the fucking Beetlejuice. Thing. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, I don't. I would have. I would have. Uh, yeah. That's that's all. That's it. I'm done with it. All right. <laughs> As are we all. Dylan, yes. I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine if I, if I had a straw. It's all the way up here. And my straw goes all... And you have a milkshake. My straw goes all the way across the room, and it goes into your milkshake. <laughs> you know what happens? Can, can I finish it? You certainly may. I teed it up for you. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> I, I finally introduced <laughs> one other person to There Will Be Blood. The fucking best comedy you, you, that has you, come out in, in the last You introduced years. four other people to it, but... One other person on this podcast. Okay. So we can finally talk about this movie. I've wanted for years <laughs> to talk about this movie. Because this movie is so fucking good. <laughs> And I, I've talked up this movie, and I've talked up this movie, and finally Dylan and Nathan and Crystal and Jen and I all sat down, and we all finally fucking watched it. And I, I was so glad, because sometimes when you talk up a movie, and you're talking up for reasons that, you know, it won Academy Awards and stuff, you know, it, it was the first movie where everybody was like, oh my god, Daniel Day-Lewis is such, you know, he, he might be the best actor on the planet sort of stuff. Um... But I'm that apparently talking... gets really deep into character or uh, method acting. Yes, know. but I was not into this movie for any of those reasons. I was into it for like the last 15 minutes of that film. Starting from I abandoned my boy to ending with I'm finished. It's the best fucking stretch of cinema ever. It It is hilarious. It, it's kind of the thing you kind of expect from like a... Um, I guess was was the the Big Lebowski was that a uh, Coen Brothers movie? Yeah. Yes. Yep. Oh brother, where art thou, or something like that? Like that fifteen minutes is what you expect, but instead of getting like the the arc that leads up to it and all the comedy that kind of leads up to it, you just get it's it's a it's a movie about terrible people. It, it's it's a movie about very terrible people, uh, subtly terrible people. Uh, and it's not it's not like a um, you see what made them this way, and then you see where they have chances for redemption. No, it is not a story about, about that. No, they're just terrible. They, no, it's, uh, it's a story about watching Daniel Plainview being be a complete fucking dick. He lies to people, and he just does it because it's common, like it's it's nature to no, it. No, he, ex- he, explains, he explains why he does it very succinctly in one of the scenes. He says, I don't like explaining myself. Yes. But, well, I mean, he does, but at the same time, like, it's just, it comes naturally to him. He's not, 
happy that he's doing it. He doesn't feel like he's pulled something over. He's just terrible. Except for Eli. Like, he, he takes great pleasure in it because he's like, I, I beat you and I broke you. You're making me feel like a horrible person now. This movie is I... the best. Because Chad lies to people and he doesn't even think about it. He's just like, um, yeah, you know, this is my son, H.W. Um, his, his mother passed on. Uh, which church do you belong to, Mr. Plainview? All of them. I like all things. Best line, one of the best lines. It's it's just so perfect. I I like everything. Yes. You know oh. he's, he's sitting here trying to 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 you know get these people to lease his land to him so he can you know dig you know dig up some oil and he's just like I like everything. You he know? will tell you what he has to tell you to get you to sign that contract. Yes, he will. And he doesn't. He doesn't. Feel proud that he he was able to pull one over on you. He just you get it. He has to win. Winning is all that matters. He doesn't even love winning that much. He just he's not has happy when he's when he wins. He's just focused on the next win. Is he a sociopath? Like he is. There's just something not right there. There there's some wires not crossed correctly. Even the good things he does are done for you know terrible reasons. Terrible reasons. Hmm. Such a tremendous fucking movie. Can, can we just all agree on this? <laughs> um, speaking of tremendous fucking movies, um, Tsunami showed Ava 2.22. It got uh, over a million viewers. Really? Uh, it did, yeah. That's awesome. I, I'm a fan of it. Uh, I tweeted when it came on. I said, if you came in, you know, expecting to see, you know, Naruto, ble- Naruto Bleach in One Piece, you're welcome. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, we got we we got a one week reprieve from this shit. Um, I think two point two two is is a really interesting movie. It's probably the most um entertaining of the three films. You know, there's a lot of character development. There's a, a few fight scenes and one really incredible fight scene. Um, unfortunately, all that character development just gets shit on in the third film. <laughs> I mean, just taking a dump on it. I wish they had shown the preview for 3.33, because it's unintentionally hilarious, because none of it was used in the actual film. Not a bit. Um, kind, so awesome. kind of like 2010-era Bioshock footage, which is also unintentionally funny. Because none of that, none of that made it into the game. Not a bit. Not even the interface. I was gonna say that that's more a natural part of development. This this seems like it was planned. Who knows? Like, I think it was purposeful. Hideyakayano is in the Tyson zone. You can make up any story about him you want to, and people will believe it. <laughs> Did you, did you know that Anno created uh, Evangelion after eating a, a big batch of pipe brownies and hanging his head on the toilet like Doc Brown did? But instead of flux capacitor, he got an idea for a whiny-ass kid piloting a giant biomechanical robot. That actually sounds surprisingly plausible. <laughs> yes. It does. You know, everybody believes it. Um, so. There. Yeah. Um. Yep. I think I've powered my way through. We, 
you know, speed bumps were, were topics in this thing. I just powered our way through it. Because once you guys spent 12 minutes talking about Dishonored, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. You know, I'm, I'm in gear now. I thought I thought we would have had more to say about a lot. Like I was trying to get it out of the way, and also because I figured we would have said more about Bioshock Infinite. But we we can't know. say too much though because you're you're about to finish it, so we can't have like some sort of in depth discussion about the ending. Which means we have to come back for that discussion. Possibly. Right. I mean, like, we could probably have talked about the setting or some of the setup or some no, 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 of that, no, no. but it's, Wait it's till a Dylan lot of... The, game the setting, and, and the setting though, to me, it's it's almost incidental. You could fucking set it anywhere. You know, the, the, the imagery there is, is nice, but it has nothing to do with the story. The story is, you know, like, all this, you know, quantum physics, you know theoretical bullshit yep. that everything hinges on. So it's like, I you know, I stopped giving a shit th- about the fact that we're in a flying city. Well, yeah, that, that's the that's the difficulty I had when I first started, because, like, in the original Bioshock, you're like, yeah, some dude read Ayn Rand and then uh, got super science and built a city under the ocean. I can see that being one of those weird alternate history conspiracy theory things. This is like... Yeah, it's kind of hard to miss the fact that there's a flying city. This is clearly not our world. You don't even know why Columbia was built. Like, you never really find that out. It's, it's just, it's there. It's yep. a flying fucking city. Which, uh, if you guys have not checked out uh, the Game Theory channel on YouTube, I suggest that you do so, because there are a lot of interesting uh, stories on there about Mario being a communist, uh, you know, the Mario games being staged. I think we may have talked about that a little bit. Um, but they also address staged. Yeah, um, Mar- the Mario games are all staged because when Bowser comes to kidnap prin- uh, Princess Peach Toadsoul, I-, I still call her Toadsoul because I was born in the fucking eighties. Thank you. He uh, always eats like all good people. Yes, um, not one of these nineties bastards. Um, and if you're listening and and you know you're in you're born in the nineties, God bless you. But whatever. But you are an awful person. I'm you, I'm sorry. I want. I'm just not a good person. I'm, I'm too old for the tumblers. <laughs> and the gifts, the gifs. Yeah, oh, I, don't I don't know. Um, shout out to Basil. Um, <laughs> but they do a game theory does a video about um, you know could Columbia actually exist and theoretically not you know taking into account the sheer weirdness of it you know the the physics behind it are theoretically possible. Um, you know, although it would be cold as shit, it's theoretically possible to live there in that level of altitude. But the problem that would keep keep it from being viable is not any of the things that you would think is actually vertigo. Yep. Because even if you suspended everything in place, there'd be clouds moving around you all the time, and, you know, it'd give you this weird feeling of perception. Everybody would just be constantly throwing up on each other. <laughs> I don't know, there's people who live on... There's people who actually spend their retirements on cruise ships. So... That's claustrophobia, not vertigo. Both completely valid. I I understand where both of them come from, but... Uh, uh, But how would have the same reaction? How great would the game have been if everyone was constantly throwing up on each other? A lot less interesting. Like, you know, I I would like Elizabeth a lot less if she were constantly barfing. (laughs) And, like, had no teeth in her mouth because all the stomach acids had rotted them away. (laughs) At that point, like, you want to save the populace, and you want to save Elizabeth, but for a different reason. And from a different 
from a different uh, terror. In the words <laughs> of the great Clancy Brown, you're going to look a whole lot funnier sucking my dick with no teeth. What is that from? That's from um, <laughs> The Shawshank Redemption. One of the greatest oh, movies of all time. It really is. It's so good. Um, I, and, and I just break out that line wherever I can because it's Clancy Brown, you know? It's like, you know, exactly. you can't get mad at me because Clancy Brown said it. Exactly. No one can get mad at Clancy Brown because he's Clancy Brown. Exactly. He's the best. And because <laughs> he will kill you. He will. Um, and he'll also break, uh, he'll, he'll break the sister's legs and, you know, the, you know, Red will never walk again. Or not Red, but, fuck, what's his name? Anyway. Uh, oh, Boggs. Yeah, Boggs, Boggs will never walk again. And the sisters will never bother Andy again. Oh. But, you know, his farts won't make a sound anymore, so there's that. <laughs> um... So yeah. Um, also, Charlie has uh, AGE contacted you about being on the team since uh, you know you obviously threw that match against Daryl in the dive kick tournament. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. That, no, that was, that was you so obviously threw that match. That was that was for his own like that that was out of complete self interest. I I have no recollection. Did, did, of did she let you motored up after that? That's my fault. <laughs> I am not. Uh, my attorney, my legal counsel, has uh, advised me not I, to answer any I'll, questions I'll ask because Daryl, because she'll know. Because of pending legal matters. Uh, Daryl will tell me if she let you motor dub her after that. And again, uh, my counsel has advised me not to say anything. Now, what others may or may not be able to say, you know, is obviously they may not have the signed non-disclosure agreements and whatnot. But uh, good, good, good job, Chris G. Everybody's proud of you. <laughs> um, that's a fun-ass game, though. It is a weird game. It's yes. A... I did enjoy it, though. Uh, yeah, I, I think we have to start entering dive kick tournaments, because I'm, I'm already the best at that game. <laughs> I'm so good. Do they have tournaments of that? Oh, shit, yes, they do. That's awesome. Are they ironic or non-ironic? No, they are Can non-ironic. Can you tell? They're non-ironic. People are fucking into this game. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, it, it... People are into fedoras and beards, too. And you would be hard-pressed to determine whether they're non-ironically or ironically. Can you separate the two? Dylan, let, let me put it to you this way. You're not paying $10 for an entry fee and going up against however many other people. Uh, to ironically play a dive kick tournament. I don't know. There are people who I, will pay three dollars for a PBR. I think with dive kick, it's it it is possible to be honestly to to enjoy it honestly both in an ironic sense and in a non-ironic way. It, and I don't think at the same time. While the promotion of it is is parody, you know, the, the initial Kickstarter trailer and all that definitely parody and there's parody elements in the game. The game is actually just a game about fundamentals. Yeah, the game the game actually kind of it, since you mentioned parody, it actually kind of proves something that I've I I've, I've always said about good parody. Good parody is not just about making fun of a a genre or a style. A good parody is also a good addition to the style. Yeah, it's, it's also it it also embodies those good elements. It's making fun of it in a good w- in in a way that retains that core essence and it manages to do both. It manages to both be an entertaining fighting game while making fun of a lot of the tropes. Yes. 
bad parody is just completely mean spirited and doesn't care about you know being a good yeah, example. It, it's what scary you're movie. Meet the Spartans. Whatever bullshit they're spewing out now. Pretty much. You know, good parody is most, for example, most of Mel Brooks. Most of Mel Brooks. Yes. Stuff. All. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. You know. I mean, you look at, for example, Spaceballs. Spaceballs is a parody of science fiction, but the story itself and the adventure, it has its own rules. It plays by the rules of the heroic space opera genre. And it, it does that in a way that's not just throwing shit out to be funny. And, and you know, whereas Spaceballs borrows heavily from, you know, Star Wars, obviously, um, The Princess Bride is, is you know, pretty much an, an original story of its own, but it's also a parody of, you know, fantasy and romance books, but it's also really fucking good, so... Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, I, it's not as far into parody territory as a lot of these, but... It yeah, skirts the line between awesome. parody and homage, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. And there's there's a there's a certain amount of leeway there. But no, I mean, it, it should say something about Dive Kick that I found it actually pretty entertaining. I don't know that I would... It, it looks like the kind of thing that I'd get bored with quickly, but... It, it's the kind of thing that... Yeah, if, if you're not playing it with people, you know, I can see people maybe getting uh, tired of it. I play it online, um, and, you know, I'm winning at like a 70% clip online right now, so <laughs> there's that. Uh, my character's just the fucking Only best. 70%? <laughs> I'm I'm improving, you know, as I learn the matchups. You know, you have to change your gems for certain matchups so that uh, the Baz can can get around and and do what he needs to do. Because like against Kung Pao or Jafali, you know, characters that can take up a lot of horizontal space, it's tougher for the Baz to get behind people, which is what he actually has to do to win in theory. Because you know, it's not his kick that kills you; it's the lightning that comes after it. So. But I'm already the, I was already the best of that character before the game even came out, so <laughs> you know, there's that. Um, anyway, um, do I have anything else? All hearts and minds clear. I don't want to do like another hour and a half podcast like we've been doing lately. So. Yeah, I'm with you. No, I'm good. All right. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. We'll try not to take so fucking long uh, next time, and uh, rock and roll.